Welcome to the Future Belongs to Creators. I'm your host, Nathan Berry. I'm the CEO at ConvertKit, and I'm joined by my co-host, Barrett Brooks. He's the COO here at ConvertKit, and we're on a mission to help creators earn a living. This show is about turning anxious energy into creative output during times of uncertainty. Well, welcome to this podcast where we know what we're doing. We're absolute professionals and uh, we've done it extensively for Barrett. What episode number is this? 59. Okay, welcome. Welcome to episode 59 of The Future Belongs to Creators. Today we are doing Q&A Friday. Let's just kick things off with, uh, how you doing Barrett? Red, yellow, green. I am green. It's a sunny day here in Portland, Oregon. Finally, golly, we have had those Pacific Ocean clouds hanging over us for like two weeks now. Um, let's see, July 10th, start of the third quarter. We're talking quarters. We're like growing up, you know? Golly, we have a, a real company we run. A real company we run. So they say. And so we talk in quarters. Anyways, team's off to a, a fast start. We are launching ConvertKit Commerce in five days. Not business days, five days. Yeah. And uh, you and I are both launching products, kind of relaunching products, actually. Digging up bones out of our closet. or skeletons out of our <laughs> skeletons. closet. Skeletons. That sounds so negative. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're rediscovering old work that we've done and polishing it up for new release in the current context, which is really fun. And there's just a lot of good stuff going on right now. Yeah. It's my father-in-law's 60th birthday. That's a gift to get to celebrate. Uh, you know, you start getting north of, well, it's shit, north of basically us, how old we are at this point. And every year is a gift. So <laughs> We're so old. <laughs> yes. That's how I'm doing. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm green. Probably was yellow earlier, just the stress of uh, the launch. I'm sure a lot of um, people on our team are feeling it. You know, we're processing real payments. Um, I think today I'm going to get my first payout from ConvertKit Commerce, which is pretty exciting. It's $9 in case you were wondering. A little test purchase. I think I'll celebrate by taking that straight to Chick-fil-A probably. I don't know. Oh. Um, and to be clear, this is just me laundering money basically off my own credit card because I just bought something for myself to test that it worked. So I, I just paid credit card fees. Anyway, it's not a good business strategy. But the fun thing is having convert Commerce up and running. As you mentioned, uh, working on a relaunch of Authority. Um, that's pretty exciting. Holly, who's one of our designers uh, at ConvertKit, just fantastic. She does a lot of marketing design for us. She did new illustrations for it, a new cover, keeping a lot of the same style, but taking it to the next level. So I'm excited for that. Everyone stay tuned for that to come out early next week. I think I'll, I'll launch it on Tuesday um, along with uh, uh, with the newsletter going out on Tuesday. So stay tuned for that. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I'm going to take off a little bit early today and go paddleboard the river. Oliver, that's now his favorite thing. I took him a week ago and he's just like, I think he's asked every single day since then, when can we go again? So we're going to do that. I bought this paddleboard that's absolutely ridiculous. It's 14 feet long and four and a half feet wide. It's a party board. Oh my God. So I think you could, we're only going to take three people down on it, four people, but I think you could legitimately fit six. Well, I'm proud of you. It's pretty fun. Yeah. That was my birthday present to myself. Anyway, today we are taking questions and uh, it's going to be great. It is going to be great. 
The first question I have for ourselves, how's that? I would love to actually kind of like pitch our products that we're launching next week. Oh. Some people, believe it or not, Nathan, might not know what authority is. And they certainly, or I would guess, don't know what I'm going to be launching. And so let's just talk about it for a minute. Who is authority for and what is it good for? Yeah, that's that's a good question. So authority is for anyone looking to build an audience and earn a living by self-publishing. So that's where I got my background. Well, my background is in design and then really taking that content and packaging it and selling it in the form of self-published books. I think the first year that I did that, I earned about 150,000 in revenue. And then everyone started asking a ton of questions. And so I put all of that knowledge on how to write, package, position, and launch um, you know, your own self-published book uh, to your audience. So at this point, the book's been out for seven years now, has literally made people millions and millions of dollars from following that playbook. There's all kinds of people who are converting customers that, you know, I think of like Brian Harris from uh, Video Fruit and Growth Tools, Adam Wathan from Refactoring UI and Tailwind, all that. They got their start after reading that book and following the playbook. So anyway, it's been wildly successful. I let it get a little bit out of date as I focused on building ConvertKit. And now it's fun to get it back in the hands of everyone. So if you're looking to grow your audience and then earn a living from it, um, check out that book. Don't buy it right now. Wait till next week because uh, the price is, well, I'm going to bring the price down a little bit. I'm refreshing the content and we'll go from there. Love it. I have a confession to make. This is not episode 59. This is episode 60. Uh, I We actually just forgot to put 59 into the playlist. And so this is episode oh, 60. Anyways. That makes sense. We're, we're professionals, as we mentioned. <laughs> yes. Let's see. So my product is uh, is actually going to be a workshop. So I got my start as a creator running a business called Living for Monday. And it was based on my experience coming out of college. I I was considering a couple different paths. I was considering starting a business. My best business idea at the time was to start a putt-putt and go-kart place in my college town because there was none, uh, which would be a liability nightmare, but it would have made a lot of money. That in a college town, that, that'd be pretty great. Yes. It was a good idea, but it's not like a, you know, you're not going to do that for a long period of time. So I decided instead that I would become a management consultant. Obvious second choice, right? <laughs> Go-karts, management consulting, clear choice. And that was largely based on my experience with the Career Center. Like the way that the Career Center at my university, University of Georgia, and most big universities are set up is to have big sponsored partnerships with large employers, Fortune 500 companies to hire massive numbers of people every year because it raises employment rates. And ultimately, colleges get ranked based on post-graduation employment rates. And when I saw that and I realized it and I lived through the experience of that, number one, I felt duped because consulting was not what I thought or hoped it would be. And number two, I realized that the university was optimizing for a metric, but not for my outcome. They were optimizing for the macro outcome. And when I realized that I wanted to find a way to teach people how to advocate for themselves instead, how to find jobs that were specific to them. And often that's with companies like startups and nonprofits and small businesses where you can have a big impact being one person, but they might not be as well known right up front. So I made this whole coaching curriculum and guide on how to develop the self-awareness and then go out into the market. So develop self-awareness to know what you want and go out into the market and present yourself to find a job. So it's been going on nine years since I made that. 
it is completely out of date. I thought I was just going to edit and update it. And it's like, no, I need to redo this whole thing. And so instead of trying to edit a thing and like mold it into a ebook product, I'm going to do a workshop based on, I think I've, I've reviewed several thousand applications now at ConvertKit. Yeah. I've done hundreds of hours of interviews, interviewing candidates across every team in the company. I, I figured out the other day that you and I have been involved in hiring. Well, you've been involved in hiring everyone. I've been involved in hiring more than like well over half this team now, which right. is why I could not believe it when I went on the about page and looked back to when I got involved in hiring. Um, and I'm going to translate all of that basically into how do you define what you want? Just like I did before, but in more kind of mature language and, and terms, how do you present yourself as a candidate? And how does the hiring process actually work at companies like ConvertKit? So in this next week, I'm also going to interview leaders from a bunch of really awesome mission-driven companies and nonprofits. Those interviews will be a part of the product. And it's basically designed for anyone who's looking for a job, ideally a meaningful job with a company where you can have a long career doing really impactful work. So I think it should be really well-timed. I'm going to give scholarships to people who are out of work right now if they can't afford it. And then seats will be 50 bucks a pop for a limited number of registrations. So. Love it. That's pretty exciting. We have actual questions. We do. Let's start with one from Noah that he dropped to us on Twitter right beforehand. He says, given that you have different backgrounds, Nathan as a designer, Barrett as an essayist. Amongst other things. Amongst other things, but I like it. Uh, I'm curious how each of you make the important parts of your content pop. So basically, how do you take when you're writing, how do you make sure that the things that you want to land actually land and don't get lost in all of that? I asked the question, so Barrett, you go first. For me, it's all about words. It's words on the page. Because I'm not a designer, I want to try and make the stories and the content itself engaging. And so I find that the best way to do that is actually a combination of those two things, is to lead with story and follow with teaching. There's a lot of people who are really good at this, but I think most of the writers I most look up to, and, and I kind of, I guess if I had to like hold up writing idols, as I look at my shelf, it would be Malcolm Gladwell, Brene Brown, Robert Greene, writers that basically combine three things, story, observation, and data. I think those are the most interesting. That's what I most enjoy reading it, at least and nonfiction writing. And so a lot of what I try to do is like I've showed y'all before. This is the, is Barrett's headphone cord long enough? It is in fact. It is. <laughs> I've got all these research papers that I print out and I read and I highlight and my assistant catalogs the notes for me on topics like when callings are calling, crafting work and leisure in pursuit of unanswered occupational callings or leading with meaning, beneficiary contact, pro-social impact and blah, blah, blah. Because no one wants to read research papers. Like I learned that really early on. No one wants to read those. They're boring. They're like 30 pages of technical academic jargon. But if I can take little principles from those kinds of things, if I can marry it to stories that resonate emotionally and then teach you something about how to apply it to your own life, like that is special. And so I think when I write my best stuff, I'm combining all three. When I'm trying to be on a schedule, and I haven't put the work in to have the research ready and, and cataloged and everything, it's usually more leaning on story or just observations from my own life. And so data or, or research is typically what goes first. And I fall back on story and personal observation when I don't have that. But I think the three combined are what make the most powerful 
writing for me. Yep. I think that's really good. I'm going to take a different angle on answering it and focus on maybe the words on the page. One thing that I like to do is like read the thing that I wrote out loud, especially if it's a shorter post. So say it's like 500 words. I'm trying to, there's like kind of two different kinds of posts that I often write. One of them is like, here's how to do this thing. And here's the details. Maybe it has stories and those other details, but it's like a long how-to. But there's the other post where I want something to land. I want you to have a feeling at the end of it. of either like I can take over the world or I can do this thing or, or really introspective and, and get you to realize something about yourself. And on those type of posts, I read it out loud and think about the cadence and think about where am I putting the intonation into it because I know what I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to make land versus where is it naturally because I pulled it off with the words. One of the things that can really help is to just use paragraphs and short sentences to break it up. So if you're going yes. longer and longer, you know, sentences or paragraphs, and then that thing that you want to land, you know, you say it, new paragraph, repeat it really, really short. And, and that's where you can like, let it sit, even if you don't have the perfect words for it. So I would just say, what, what is the point that you're trying to make? What do you want them to walk away from? Um, start there and then read it out loud. Have someone else read it to see if that lands and then iterate from there. Yeah, love it. Okay, next question. Let's go to Joe who asked, actually before we started this, I respect this, Joe, because you made sure you were going to be first and I'm all about it. He said, I love CK's mission, vision, and value. CK meaning convert kit. Love your mission, vision, and values. Can you recommend a framework or exercise to formalize these for our company? Right now, we just have a rough brainstormed list of words and phrases that describe us. Thanks. I have thoughts. One is start by just writing these things down, right? If you have those words, um, put them front and center, you know, and like if it's a notebook and then just add more to it after a call or something like that. The second is kind of just always asking, okay, what's the, what are the principles behind this decision? Like Barrett, you and I were having a conversation earlier this week and I was frustrated about something. I don't actually remember even what it was. And you were just like, oh, well, yeah, obviously it's frustrating because there's a value conflict here. And you listed out three values that we hold and how we basically got to this point where they were all intention. And it was like, well, and no wonder it's frustrating. And that gave words and clarity to this broader feeling. And so in order to be able to recognize on that level, you have to have these values defined. And so what you can do is to go through defining your principles and, and like whenever you make a decision, say, okay, yeah, obviously this is the right decision. I'm going off of data, gut feeling and everything else. But if I had to articulate to someone else the criteria and the values that I use to make that decision, what would they be? And you write those down. So as Teddy points out, I've got a post on this as well. This is at nathanberry.com slash principles. And it's just about having a system to define your principles. I even put some of them in a Trello board of basically like what are the ones that you're just throwing out there as an idea, like who knows if it'll stick. And then as you kind of use them over time and go from there. So read that post and then just know that it's going to take time and you need to try them on in the real world. Yeah, I love that. A couple of thoughts. I should write a post on this. I mean, we spent a lot of time on this internally and you and I especially just hammering out what are we really trying to do here? And it has... Oh man, it has been, it is a lightning rod for us in terms of guiding us and attracting talent and customers. I mean, I always believed, okay. I always believed mission and vision and values were important 
factors in running a company. I believed they could be true, like guiding light for a team, but I had never really seen it. Like I had not been part of it yet where it was a key driving factor, but in terms of people who apply to our jobs, how people talk, how customers talk about us out there in the world. I mean, you are a customer and you asked us a question about our mission, vision, and values. And so the fact that you even know they exist is I think affirmation that it matters. So anyways, I'm really proud of that, first of all. And secondly, I think it is an illustration of why it can matter when you do it well. To me, a mission, and mission and vision are sometimes flip-flop just depending on the term or like the way you define it. We define the mission as the long-term thing that's never going away. What is the change we are trying to make in the world over forever? For us, that is we want to help creators earn a living. That is what will always be our North Star, no matter what. A vision is a digestible chunk of work that you can do over a set period of time, and you will be able to say, we have accomplished that piece of the broader mission. And so for us, we're looking at a vision that is focused on 2025. And there are some very specific and measurable things that are included in that. We want creators to earn a billion dollars using our platform. We want to be earning $100 million in annual recurring revenue. We want to remain independent. We want to remain a small team. And there's one more. I'm not going to remember it right now. It doesn't matter. It does matter, but I can't remember it right in a second. And so to me, whichever way you define them, you need a broad, never-ending, never-changing piece And you need a piece that is defined, that is far enough in the future and hard enough that you're going to have to work a lot to get there. But also people can see a path to it. Everyone on our team can see a path to people earning a billion dollars on our platform and us earning $100 million in revenue while staying independent and small because we're already on the path. And then from a values perspective, the number one thing, as I was rereading my guide actually to finding a job that matters, I have this section on personal values. And I started off with a story about Enron. And it's kind of like this narrative story of imagine sitting, and this was for college students at the time, imagine sitting in a senior seminar class and getting a call from an unknown number that you think might be a job offer and sitting through half of the class, itching to call them back. You go out, you call them back. It is an offer. You just got your dream job at Enron. Here's why it's your dream job. And I listed the values. And it was like integrity, excellence, something, 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 something. Only to find out two years later, you would go bankrupt because it was a complete fraud, right? And it was an example of why values can be absolute bullshit in the wrong context. But part of the reason is that they were nothing. Excellence, integrity, communication, and something else. Like, I mean, that they mean nothing, Everyone, that's like the lowest common denominator in terms of what people are aiming for. So they need to be unique. They need to be, they need to like define just your organization, first of all. And second of all, they need to be actions. Teach everything you know, create every day, work in public, default to generosity. Those are four of our seven values. You can act based on that. In a situation, I am being asked a question about what we are going to do to support the Black Lives Matter movement or to give a customer a break in the face of no revenue this month. What is your answer? Well, if I default to generosity, it's very clear to me what I should be doing in this situation. Whereas a word like excellence, 
It's like, okay, so I'm being asked to do something or I'm tackling a project. Excellence. Unless it's defined in an actionable way, you don't know what to do with that. So make it actionable. And I find that three to five word phrases are way more meaningful than single words in terms of actionable values that will guide your organization. So I don't know that that's an exercise necessarily, but maybe that gives you a little insight into how we think about it. Yeah, that's great. Let's do a couple of commerce questions because we had a few of those come in. The first one is from Chris. Uh, will convert commerce offer embeddable and customizable buy buttons that can be in any site, uh, not just integrated in any site, not just WordPress or something else. So let me screen share for a second and show you what that's going to look like. So basically you have these forms here when you click through to the different pages, uh, there's the checkout flow and they'd be into the confirmation screen. And so this is where you'd get the direct link to it, but then also you can embed this buy button on any page, just like you can embed one of our forms on any page, you know, whether it's Squarespace or WordPress or something custom coded. Uh, you can do that as well. And when this button is clicked, it would load a, mo a modal. And so it's just these couple lines of JavaScript. So it's pretty straightforward. We'll show, we're going to do Monday's episode as a deep dive on how to create a product and set it up and everything since Barrett and I are both in that world. But there's a little teaser of it. And then we had one more commerce question that I just, oh, from Sean. How will people be selected for the beta? Um, what criteria do they need to meet to be a tester? So one, you need to join the beta list, convertkit.com slash commerce. There's now like 8,000 people on that list, but we'll get through them relatively quickly. We're going to go out to about 300 users next week total, uh, 250, somewhere in there is the plan. And so we'll move through that. We're basically looking for people who are ready to, you know, set up and launch a product very soon, right? So if you're like, yeah, I just want to click around with it, then it's going to go out to those people later. It's the ones who want to get up and going quickly and really try it out and have a product that they're ready to switch over or launch. Let's see. Thanks for being so, also from Sean. Thanks for being so transparent with your company. In regards to bare metrics, why have ConvertKit's fees been at $0 since June 23rd, 2020? Is that a bug? We've just mastered credit card processing. <laughs> <laughs> I can explain that. So basically... Um, we use Stripe under the hood to process uh, all of our payments. And we have, as we've switched and rolled out ConvertKit Commerce um, in that process, we have a totally new deal with Stripe where everything, all of our fees for Visa and MasterCard and all of those now get paid in a different way. We still have to pay them. They're just not reported in the same way. And so they don't show up in bare metrics anymore. So basically that changes part of the ConvertKit Commerce rollout. One thing that's been interesting, kind of a fun little behind the scenes thing, is when it came time to working with the credit card companies, we were actually able, because on, on one hand, they look at it and they're like, you're launching a new commerce platform. You have no revenue. Hey, you know, how many people have sold anything through your platform? Oh, zero? You need to start from scratch. But we were actually able to come in and use our existing ConvertKit revenue, you know, the 1.8, 1.9 million a month that we're processing and be like, look, look at this volume that we have. And we were able to, kind of come in as a bigger player, which was really nice. So anyway, that's the story behind why that number currently says $0. Love it. Chris says, will it be possible to buy a default to generosity t-shirt anytime soon? I have the other three. Okay. So we did those. Those were exclusive for craft and commerce last year, I think. Well, originally they were actually team exclusives. That's true. So we made a special color and shirt for the team. We do lots of gifts at ConvertKit. It's like a, a fun part of our internal culture is 
is surprising people. Like it's, it's just, I don't know where that comes from for you, Nathan, but I know growing up, we did relatively few surprise type thing. Like I was very rarely surprised by some awesome experience. I had lots of awesome experiences. They were just rarely kept from me ahead of time. And the delight you feel when you get something for nothing, basically, for no particular reason other than that it's fun, um, is awesome. So we made them for the team. And then we made them for craft and commerce attendees. I kind of feel like if you attend craft and commerce, you're like part of the core tribe a little bit, you know? One thing that brings to mind is like, okay, we should make that more accessible to really be a part of the tribe. But anyways, people who show up, they get special gifts because now they're like part of the crew, you know, they're there with us in person. So will we make them possible to buy? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like having it as this like, it's almost like a rare Pokemon card or a rare (laughs) collector's card, you know, where like you can't just buy it. You got to like find it somehow unlock an achievement or something to get it. I don't know. What do you think? We'll see. You know, I love the idea of getting that message out there to a lot more people, but at the same time, I love the exclusive nature of it. You know, we might just rotate through what the most exclusive shirt is because actually there's a new one that we're going to come out with. This is why you guys hang out on the podcast, right? You get the inside scoop t-shirt designs we're coming out with. Um, But the new one will be the future belongs to creators. And that, you know, will be a slogan. (laughs) <laughs> default the generosity mask <laughs> yes that would be i don't know i guess that is the generous thing right to wear your mask and anyway so maybe we'll always keep the most ex- exclusive design for the craft and commerce attendees and then like a year or two later roll it out so that, we'll see we'll see okay we're gonna end on a an existential one and then we're gonna send you off to go float the river with your party paddle, whatever thing, <laughs> party board. That's okay. right. Pierre, Pierre says, do you guys know what you truly want? If yes, how did you find out? If not, what are you doing to constantly find your path when there are so many options? Oh man. Yeah. I just end on a quick one, you know, one that you can answer in 20 seconds or so. Oh, I truly want, do you have thoughts on this Barrett? Well, First of all, Monday's episode, yep. which you might have listened to, Pierre, I think got into this a little bit in terms of like, what are we optimizing for? What do our micro actions add up to in the macro? But I, it's a little bit of a cop out to just say that, you know, I mean, I said I'm optimizing for like moments of joy and, and impact. You talked about growth and impact. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, there are certainly like whatever more, uh, pedestrian or more shallow things that I think I want in my life. Mm -hmm. Like I talked about wanting a farm. Like, I don't think having a farm is going to instantly make me happier. I'm not, I'm not confused about that, but I still want it. Like it's something in the future that I can look forward to, that I can work towards, that I can like feel accomplished when we have, and then enjoy over a really long period of time. You know, like I'd love to buy a Tesla, for example. It's just like, there's little stupid things like that, that I know don't matter, but that they're just fun. They're like Mm -hmm. fanboy type things or they're lifestyle type things that I think I would enjoy. Um, But ultimately, like, what do I want? I have this, this idea, it came to me the other day. Shower time, it's so bad because I'm sure I waste way too much water. Like I, I'll like look up sometimes in the shower and realize I've been in there for, I don't even know how long, like having a conversation in my head but I was thinking about this word that I don't even know if it exists called of mattering, hmm. mattering, mattering. I'm in process of mattering. 
I want to know at the end of my life, when I look back, actually the first email to my email list that I write to everyone who joins is about dying. And I have this thought about, I always imagine myself being old, first of all, like old, my family is around and we're sitting on, on like a deck or something overlooking a river. And I've got like my, my bed that I'm in and I'm at the end of my life and I'm in the open air outside with everyone who loves me around. And the last thought I have is, did I do it right? You know, did I matter? And so then you get into, well, matter, what is mattering? And that is an interesting question to me. And I think I am constantly in search of what it means to matter. Like in my own mind, what does it mean for me to have mattered? Is it about legacy? Is it about like my name living on? Is it about my family being loved? Is it about building a company that lasts long beyond when I'm there? Is it about running for president of the United? Like, what does it mean to matter? But I think the best definition I can come up with is regardless of what I do along the way, that when I do it, I make other people feel like they matter to me. Mm -hmm. And that if I can live my life, whether it's at work or at home or with my friends, in a way where I filter for people who I can be authentic in making them feel that way and then really go out of my way to make them feel appreciated, understood, heard, taken care of, um, that I will get to the end and think, all right, I did it on to the next thing, whatever that looks like. You know, I think that's what, what I'm aiming for. I don't know if that's an actual answer to the question or not. That's good though. You know, what came to mind is I love making stuff. So it'd be about creating, you know, creating meaningful things with people I care about. And so I think we're doing that so much with ConvertKit, right? And that's why I'm always like, no, I want to find just the right crew that we're building this with. It's not about building the biggest company or anything. It's like building something really meaningful with a lot of people. And even like um, this morning, August, my six-year-old and I were like, he has this little corner of the property that he's like making just the way he wants. He's like, dad, can I have those cinder blocks? Sure. Do you need me to move some cinder blocks for you? Yes. So, you know, it's like, it's just creating something with someone I care about. And there's obviously limits to that, right? Because that's sort of what you can do with, with your time and physical presence and, and all of that. So, so really, there's an element of that with ConvertKit, but then it's also the tool that I'm using to try to do that, I don't know if at scale. Scale isn't something that matters in itself, but to try to do that with so many people where I can feel like for everyone who's, you know, joining us live right now in the chat and using ConvertKit to build their things, right? I feel like this tiny little bit of, hey, I'm building that with you. Now we didn't get on a call and strategize or anything like that, but like I helped build that tool that you're using to enable all of this. So I think about that of, you know, creating things with people that I care about. And uh, I think that's what I'm optimizing for. Yeah, I love that. Pierre's last little piece is, do you know for sure and like, are you still looking? I feel like is part of the question. And the one thing I will like, I mean, those sound like pretty confident answers. And I, I think we've spent a lot of time, a lot of time digging in on our history with, and therapy and in coaching and with each other and with friends, you know, sitting around tables, like we've talked about, I am always searching, man, like always, I'm always searching. I'm always trying to learn and find out who I am. And so I would just like reflect that back to that. 
Don't let that be a reason you don't take action. Don't let that be a reason you don't try and live out what you think you know about yourself today. But I don't think I've got the answers even remotely. It's just the answers I have right now. So hopefully that provides some. Yeah. Well, I think that's why uh, we're, we have so many conversations with friends, you know, why we read so many books, um, you know, why we try to create so much space and time and in therapy or in the shower or on walks or whatever else is that it's, it's a constant, I was going to say constant search, not in like this broad thing of it could be this or it could be that. It's like a constant refinement from a place of openness. Yeah. You just keep, keep figuring it out and go from there. And it's pretty good. It's a good, it's a good journey to be on. It is indeed. All right. That's a nice, deep existential way to end. I think that's good for today. I'm not even going to give a, a ditty after that. I think it's like too, <laughs> too meaningful to give a ditty after that. Yeah. I don't actually even have a resource or a creator today, you know? So I think, I think that's a good place to just wrap it up. And well, here's my thought for the day. Then it's the weekend. It's Friday. Hopefully you get some good weather. You get a chance to do something you love this weekend. Yeah, spend it with uh, maybe a book or a movie or YouTube series or your family or some people you care about if you can and if you can do it safely and just like take a little time. Just look out at the sky or something and think to yourself, hey, what matters to you? What are you optimizing for? I think that's been seems to be kind of the theme of the week. So um, spending time with yourself in silence is a really powerful way to really get to know what you actually think about the world and it can have a really positive impact on your growth as a person and a creator so take some time for that this weekend sounds good all right we'll see you all on monday bye thanks for listening to this episode of the future belongs to creators if you didn't pick it up from the show we make a tool called convert kit where we're on a mission to help creators earn a living by building software that helps you build an audience of loyal fans if you want to give ConvertKit a try, you can go to landingpage.new to launch your next creative project. You'll be able to build a landing page and send emails for up to 500 subscribers totally for free. So again, that's landingpage.new. You can get started with your free ConvertKit account today. Yeah.